Um, but um, we're not having church tonight, so be, bear with me, all right? So make up for that a little bit. Acts chapter 8, and let's, let's begin, for sake of time, uh, let's begin in verse number 35. The Bible says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went both down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Notice this, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he, pat, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your blessings this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. Uh, Lord, I want to thank you for how you've worked in our hearts today. I thank you, Lord, uh, for the song and for all the songs that prepared our hearts for the preaching of your word. And Lord, I pray now that you'll help me as I preach uh, the unsearchable riches of Christ, that you would give me clarity of thought and that you'd help me to speak with authority and with power. Uh, that comes only from the Holy Spirit. I yield my heart and life into your hands now and pray that you would work through me to be a blessing to your people. I pray that those who are lost would come to Christ today. I pray that those who are discouraged or maybe they have wandered away and would be encouraged and that they would come back to you today, rededicating their lives once again to thee. Bless this time we pray and we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name, amen. Where can we find lasting joy? That's the question I want us to answer today. Where can we find lasting joy? I thought this was interesting. Charles Spurgeon said about joy, holy joy will oil the wheels of your life's machinery. That's what Charles Spurgeon said. He went on to say, holy joy will strengthen you for the, your daily labor. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. And so the question again, where can we find lasting joy? Uh, the word rejoicing, we read it in verse number 39 of our text today, and it means to be calmly happy. It means to be well off. What would the world say about finding joy? What would the world say about being calmly happy and well off? I believe the world would probably tell us the key or the path to joy is found in being wealthy. The key or the path to joy is found in making a name for yourself and becoming famous. The, the, the path to joy is found in being able to satisfy every fleshly desire that we have. The key to joy is found in having a large home or an expensive car. Or as we've seen in this month of June, somebody would say, some people would say, that joy is found in taking pride in who we want to be no matter what that may look like. Where can we find lasting joy? I think we find the answer to that question here in Acts chapter number eight. It's an amazing chapter of the Bible. We, of course, understand that the book of Acts is a narrative of the story of the apostles and the power of the Holy Spirit uh, establishing the church. As we come to Acts chapter one and verse number eight, the Bible tells us that Jesus clearly gives his commission to his disciples. I want you to go and I want you to be witnesses in all of Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. And as you know, uh, that happened very quickly. 
Within 10 days, the Bible says 10 days after Jesus ascended back to heaven, the Holy Spirit of God came down on the day of Pentecost. Peter preached in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that 3,000 people were saved and baptized. That's a big day. By the way, that's the big day of all big days. Would would you all agree with me on that? I was thinking about that this morning as I was reading, reading through my outline. I thought most churches would be pretty happy about having Three people joined the church, three people saved, three people baptized. And if we had 30 people saved, 30 people baptized, 30 people joining the church, I think, Dad, we could say that was a pretty good day. But 3,000 people saved and baptized in one day. What a mighty move of the Holy Spirit on that day. And while that gospel work should have continued spreading beyond the city of Jerusalem, the church, as we find, gets a little comfortable in their community. And in the process of time, what happens? God allows persecution to come to the church to force those believers in Jerusalem into the other areas where he had commanded them to go. In fact, look at Acts chapter 8, please, and verse number 1. The Bible says that there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And notice this, Acts 8, 1, they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And while these were not ideal circumstances, these believers did not allow that to deter them from their calling. Verse four says they were scattered abroad everywhere, preaching the word. Think of that. The persecution of the church served to activate the preaching of Christ. Isn't that amazing? I want to say this morning that God can and God will use every uh, means necessary to fulfill his will. Sometimes we may lament persecution. Sometimes we may lament COVID-19. Sometimes we may lament other issues. But the reality is God can use anything, including COVID-19, including difficulty, including persecution to build his church. Amen. Our God is not limited by persecution And I mean, the the, the people are preaching the word. They're spreading around. The the church is growing. In fact, the Bible says in verse number 12, look at it in your Bible, Acts 8, 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. I mean, man, what a revival. What an amazing move of the Holy Spirit. God is working and God is moving. And in the latter part of verse 25, it also informs us that this movement of the gospel in Samaria continues strong. The Bible says they preach the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And the Bible tells us in verse 8, notice verse 8, please, there was great joy In that city, you ought to underline or highlight or get that in your mind this morning. There was great joy, verse number eight, in the city of Samaria. And already we begin to see the true source of joy. But I want you to notice in the midst of this exciting season, in the midst of this awakening, in the midst of this great impact of the gospel, something interesting happens in the life of Philip. I need you to look at verse number 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south. Now this angel, you look it up in your your concordance, this was a messenger. It was a messenger from God. And so this word that came from the angel was the word of God coming through the angel to Philip, telling him, I want you to leave Samaria. Now, I think all of the kids can relate to this. I know I'm a father of four, and sometimes we'll go down to the park and there's a lot of really nice parks in Santa Clarita, and we'll get out there, and the kids start having fun, and I'll look at my watch and say, all right, guys, it's time to go, and you know what happens, right? 
My kids line up in obedience and walk to the car and find. <laughs> Brother Wayne and Miss Lisa back there laughing because they know that ain't true. No, you know what they say? But dad, we're having so much fun. But dad, I made a new friend. But dad, it's just, we're having a great time and I don't want to leave. Why? Because naturally we all want to stay in the place of excitement and joy. Samaria was that place. It was a place where the gospel was being received, where people were being becoming committed followers of Jesus and God in the midst of that revival tells Philip, hey, I want you to leave. I want you to arise and go. How many of you want to call a timeout on God sometimes? I'm not trying to be irreverent. I'm just being honest. Sometimes we go, wait, God, are you sure? That's, are you sure that's a good plan? Because the way I see it, that's not a good plan. Look, God, look around. Look at all these people getting saved. Look at all these people being baptized. Look at this revival that's happening in this place. And God says, I'm aware of all that. I want you to arise and go. Number one, I want you to notice the obedience of Philip, and I'm going to try to go very quickly through this text, but I need you to stay with me. Look at uh, verse number 27. We see his response. We're talking about the obedience of Philip, and I want you to look in verse number 27 and see his response. Come on, look at verse 27. Everybody look at it with me. The Bible says, and he arose and went. Let's say that out loud together. Ready? And he arose. Isn't that interesting? The Bible says that Philip, the Bible doesn't tell us, Brother Horn, that Philip ever doubted. The Bible never tells us that Philip delayed. But the Bible does tell us that Philip arose and went. This is a great example for us to follow because sometimes, though, though the commands of God given to us in Scripture may not always seem to make perfect sense to us, hear me out, we would do well if we would simply learn to obey when God says, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil, and it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. What are you saying, pastor? We see a man named Philip who simply obeyed whenever God uh, called him to arise and go. I read this quote from Oswald Chambers, and this is what he said. Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves the, and knows the one who is leading. Let me say that one more time. Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. I remind you this morning that as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, we are called to deny ourselves. We are called to take up our cross. We are called to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was his response. But I want you to notice letter B, the reason. The reason, though Philip wasn't aware of the reason why God was sending him to this desert area, he responded in faith and obeyed the command. How many of you ever, when God tells you to do something, you're like, Lord, uh, I want to do that, but you're going to have to tell me why you want me to do that before I'll do it. That wasn't Philip. He arose and went. And look what the Bible says with me, please, in verse 27. He arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah's 
the prophet. Now, this is an amazing thing because if we look in our Bibles at Acts chapter eight and verse number 26, the Bible says that God through the angel told Philip to go down uh, unto Gaza, uh, unto, excuse me, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. Look at it in your verse, verse 26 in your Bible, which is desert. You know what that word means? It means an uninhabited place. Wait, God, you want me to leave Samaria where these people are getting saved and God, you're doing all of this amazing work and you want me to go to the desert, you want me to go to an uninhabited place. That makes absolutely no sense. But I'll tell you this, I love what V. Gilbert Beers said. He said this, crowds and individuals are equally important to God. And while there was a revival taking place in Samaria, God looked down on that road and saw an Ethiopian eunuch traveling that road who wanted to hear about him. And God got in touch with Philip and said, hey, I want you to leave Samaria. I want you to leave this group. I want you to leave this revival so you can go down there on that road and meet one man and lead him to Christ. Wow. I don't have time to talk too much about it. The Bible tells us this is a man of Ethiopia. The word Ethiopia means a country of burnt faces. It was in those days a large kingdom located south of Egypt. It was a place, uh, this place Ethiopia was located on the African continent. I mean, what an awesome story. Come on, lean in with me on this. This reveals to us that God called Philip away from the city of Samaria for the sake of one African black man. Everybody, don't get nervous on me this morning. Come on, somebody. God said, I want you to leave this town of revival, this city of Samaria, because there's one African black man who's on the road and he wants to hear more about Jesus. And I want you to leave there and go there so you can tell him more about me. What a God. And you know, you see letter C, the running. Look at verse 29. Keep your Bibles open. This is where we're gonna do, the way we're gonna do it this morning. Then the spirit said unto Philip, look at it. Go near and join thyself unto this chariot. I want you to look at Philip's response here. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? In response to the clear leading of God, Philip ran to the work that God had called him to do. Who's with me this morning? Philip didn't analyze the situation. Uh, Philip didn't pray about it. Did you notice that? The Bible doesn't say Philip said, Okay, Lord, I hear you, and I'm gonna stop and pray about it. Well, there's nothing to pray about. God said, go, it's time to go. God said, go join yourself to that chariot. You know what he did? He got up and he ran to the chariot. God, give us some people at Calvary Baptist Church who are listening for the voice of God saying, God, I'm waiting to hear what you want me to do. And as soon as you tell me, this is what I want you to do, I'm not gonna pray about it anymore. I'm not gonna analyze the situation anymore. When you say go, God, I'm going. I wanna be obedient. But then we see the opportunity to preach. Now you could write this down, obedience always leads to an opportunity. Could it be the reason that we don't have more opportunities to preach Christ or to evangelize the lost is simply because we are not submitting to the difficult commands of the Holy Spirit. Philip obeyed the strange command of God through the angel and God blessed his faith by opening the door of opportunity to share the gospel once again. Notice, first of all, his con- the confrontation. Look at verse 30 in your Bible, please. And Philip ran thither to him, and he heard him read the prophet Isaiah. Look at this. And Philip says, understandest thou what thou readest? 
Philip runs up to the chariot and he hears this man reading the, the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. He hears him reading it out loud, but he could tell that this man didn't understand what he was reading. He could tell this man was kind of confused. And that's the second thing is his confusion. And so in his confusion, Philip confronts this man and says, do you understand what you read? And his response is, how can I understand if I don't have somebody to show me what it means? I need somebody to help me put the pieces together. I need somebody to sit down with me and say, this is what it's referring to. This is what it's talking about. And that's where we come to letter C, the Christ. I'm skipping a lot of stuff because I don't have time. But isn't it amazing that Philip gets up into the chariot and the Bible says that he preaches unto him, Jesus. Hey, you wanna know who that's talking about? I can tell you who it's talking about. It's talking about a man named Jesus. And it wasn't too long ago, he was on this earth and he walked on this earth and ministered on this earth for over 30 years. And, and what I wanna tell you about him is that he came. The Bible says John looked at him and said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He was the last sacrifice for sin that would ever have to be given. And Philip is telling this man, hey, Isaiah was pointing forward to Jesus Christ the one who would live a perfect life and go to the cross and offer his life on the cross for sin to pay the final payment for sin. And, and not coincidentally, by the way, this Ethiopian man was reading from Isaiah 53. Warren Wiersbe said about Isaiah 53, this is amazing. It describes our Lord Jesus Christ in his birth, verses one and two, his life and ministry, verse three, his substitutionary death, verses four through nine, and his vicarious resurrection, verses 10 through 12. You know what that man was holding in his, head, in his life in that chariot? The gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what Paul said about the gospel? Come on, somebody. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. And Philip could get up in that chair and say, hey, it was talking about Jesus. And let me tell you why he came. Sir, he came for you. There's a Jewish man sitting in the chariot with an Ethiopian black man saying, hey, do you see the gospel? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something. I believe in a whosoever will salvation. I believe there's not a person on the face of planet earth that God will not save if they would simply repent of their sin and put their faith in Jesus Christ. That's what he did. He preached to him Jesus. Oh, is the name of Jesus on our lips today? It ought to be. Michael, I appreciate you, man. That was good stuff this morning. You know, we, can, we have the hope of heaven today because of Jesus. We didn't do nothing to earn it, y'all. I mean, not one thing, not one thing have I ever done that God says, well, that was pretty good. I think I'm gonna let you in. Nope. You know what I am? I'm a wicked, hell-bound sinner apart from Jesus Christ. And I love you this morning, but that's exactly what you are apart from Jesus Christ as well. Look at number three. We see the order of his profession. Philip preaches unto him. Jesus tells him the good news. And now we come back to our question. Where do we find Lasting joy. Let me give you three things. Notice the letter A. He was saved. Come on, everybody. Y'all like that word saved? I love that song. Saved by his power divine. Saved to new life sublime. Life now is uh, sweet and my joy is complete. Why? Because I'm saved. Saved. 
Look at verse 36. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Oh, time out. We've had this all happen before, haven't we? Somebody comes to the point of salvation, and the first thing they say is, okay, what do I do? What must I do to be saved? And I think this Ethiopian eunuch says, there's some water right there. This is my opportunity. Let's go get baptized, and I'm going to get saved. Philip calls a timeout on the Ethiopian eunuch. Look at the next verse. Philip said, if thou, what's the word, believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Come on, everybody. Look at this next declaration. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And let me tell you what that is right there. That's called Holy Ghost salvation right there, in case anybody was wondering. When you get to heaven one of these days, they're not gonna say, all right, give me your list of good works. What church, what church were you a part of? How many times did you get baptized? They're not gonna say, give me a list of all the times you gave in the offering at the church. You know what the simple thing is, like the choir sings, we're all gonna get there and say one thing. I have come by the way of the cross. It is in Christ alone that my hope is found. Period. I trust in Jesus alone. I cannot get to heaven. I cannot work my way to heaven. It is only through one way, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. And that man said, you know what? Fine. If that's what I believe. My heart's there. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Listen to me. Faith in Christ will accomplish what works could never accomplish. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The Bible, um, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if, listen now, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There's no room in there for good works. There's no room in there for baptism. There's no room in there for church membership. It's believing in your heart that God has uh, raised Jesus Christ from the dead after he was, uh, uh, after that he gave his life on the cross that saves us. Listen to what Adrian Rogers said. I'm just about done. Salvation is not a reward for the righteous. It is a gift for the guilty. Salvation is not a goal to be achieved. It is a gift to be received. Somebody says, Pastor Zach, man, I really want to know how I can have lasting joy. Number one, he was saved. I'm going to tell you something this morning. You'll never have joy apart from salvation. Never. You can try and try and try and try to fill that gap in your heart with everything, with money, with liquor, with drugs, with sex, with everything. And you know what's going to happen at the end of the day? You're going to come back and go, I'm still not there. But I'm going to tell you one thing that will satisfy. His name is Jesus. Number, letter B, he was surrendered. Verse 38, I'm just about done. Stay with me. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went both down into the water. And, the, and Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. Now, I think I was pretty clear on that first point. The Bible does not teach works salvation. But hear me out. The Bible does teach in salvation that works. Who's on board with me? Come on now. I'm gonna give you some Bible right here. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'll give you another verse. Ephesians 2, 10, the context, we are not saved by ourselves. We are not saved by our works. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. 
The first step of obedience for a new believer is baptism. It is a sign, it's an outward profession of an inward condition. It's a symbol to the world that we have surrendered our will for his will. We have surrendered our plans, our desires for the desires of our Savior, Jesus. But it's only the first step. Those people stepped in those waters last week and got baptized. And I told them, I'm like, you know what? It's like a little baby when they take their first step. We congratulate them, not because it's their last step. It's because it's the first step of many that they're going to take through their whole life. What am I saying? I'm saying this man was surrendered to the will of God. And I'm gonna tell you what, there's joy in being surrendered to the will of God. In fact, let me say this. You'll never experience joy until you learn to obediently submit to the will of God for your life. But listen to this. Lasting joy begins with salvation, but it is sustained through surrender. Lasting joy begins with salvation and is sustained through surrender. Maybe there's somebody here this morning and they say, I know I'm saved. I put my faith in Jesus, but I don't feel like I have the joy that I used to have. I can almost guarantee you there's a point in your life where you're not surrendered to the will of God. Could that be the case this morning? What did David say? Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Notice, last of all, though, we see that he was satisfied. Now, this is the most amazing part. And I, seriously, I'm just about done. Stay with me. Verse 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Time out. This new believer just gets saved and baptized. I mean, that's a special moment. How many of you remember the day you got saved and baptized? Y'all remember that? Wasn't that special? I can imagine as this man is going, thank God for somebody who cared enough to tell me about Jesus. I can imagine he's maybe got his arm around this guy going, man, you are my best friend. Thank you so much. And just that fast, the Bible says that Philip was called away. It's the exact same word as the word in 1 Thessalonians 4 of the believers being called away, the rapture of the church. It's this idea that he was there one moment and gone the next moment. He didn't go raptured into heaven. He was raptured from one city to another city. God miraculously allowed that to happen. And my question for you is, how do you think that made that Ethiopian eunuch feel? For some people, you know what they've done? They've rested all their hope in the preacher. For some people, they put all their hope in one of their mentors, one of their people that has discipled them. Everybody look at me this morning. I, I love, I'm so thankful for my dad. I'm so thankful for Brother Horn. I'm so thankful for Brother Looney and other people who have, who have helped me along my life. But I'm gonna tell you something. The best of men are men at best. And people come and people go. Did y'all hear what I just said? Dad, you know as well as I do, there have been preachers that I looked up to and I thought, man, I, I don't feel worthy to shine their shoes. And some of them are sitting in jail today. That's a tough pill to swallow. But everybody look at me. When people come and when people go, we can still rejoice. You know why? Because our hope's not in them. Like that song the nun sisters sing, all my hope is in Jesus. Can you say that this morning? Oh, that, that eunuch and Philip came up out of the water and Philip's gone. And look what the Bible says. But he went on his way rejoicing. Why? Because his hope wasn't in Philip. We could say it, we could say it like this. His hope was deeper. His faith was deeper than the presence of a servant. It was anchored in the person of salvation, Jesus Christ. Hannah, I want you to come up. Come on up. Real lasting joy is found in Jesus, everybody. There is nothing in the world that can fill the void 
in your heart that only Jesus can fill. I looked up that word in my dictionary this morning, satisfied. He was satisfied. You know what it means? Contented. Jesus brings contentment. There's probably some people here this morning and you're going, man, I really, man, I, I really need that joy. And maybe you're here this morning and you're not saved. You know what you should do? Hear me out. Don't worry about the time. Today is your day of salvation. Amen. I'm gonna tell you something. On Father's Day 2021, you ought to step out of that aisle and make your way to this altar and let somebody tell you about Jesus. That's the first step to lasting joy. But for those of you who are saved, let me ask you something. Are you surrendered to the will of God today? Are you walking, are you following Jesus Christ? I want Hannah to come and we're gonna sing a song that we actually, down in the old building down there, I can remember many times hearing some of our ladies sing this song. I want you to listen to it. And if you wanna come while we sing, you feel free to do that. Heartaches and misery were both well known to me I didn't know the meaning of peace and living free then one day something happened that changed my whole life I met a man called Jesus, and now I'm satisfied. Now I'm satisfied. another verse. Listen to these words. I lived oh so wicked. My life was but a shame. I didn't have a thing to show. Not even my good name. But one day something happened that changed my whole life. I met a man called Jesus, and now I'm satisfied. Now I'm satisfied. Satisfied on my knees, 
on the altar as to the Lord I cried oh he cleaned up my heart and he opened my eyes ever since I met Jesus I've been satisfied ever since I met Jesus I've been satisfied every head bowed and every eye closed this morning it's time to respond to the message. I know the hour is late and we'll be out of here within a matter of minutes. But this is the most important moment of this day. I know within my heart God wanted me to preach this message today. Could it be that God wanted me to preach this message for you? How many are here this morning say, Pastor Zach, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, 100%, God has saved my soul because I have put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. I'll lift my hand as a testimony to that absolute understanding and, and I, I believe it in my heart. Would you raise your hand if you, if you know you're saved this morning? Okay, you can put your hands down. I don't wanna embarrass anybody this morning. In fact, I wouldn't embarrass you for anything in this world. But is there anybody this morning who says, Pastor Zach, there has, been, there has never been a time in my life when I put my faith in Jesus Christ alone? I've been trusting in baptism. I've been trusting in good works. I've been hoping that I'm good enough to make it to heaven. But today, as you preach the gospel, I realized I need to respond to the message today. And I'd just like to pray for you this morning if you're out there like that. Would you slip your hand up and say, Pastor Zach, I don't know for sure that I'm saved. Is there anybody like, here, like that here this morning? I see a couple hands. How many of you say, Zach, as you preach this morning, I was reminded that true lasting joy comes through surrender to Jesus Christ and I just want to live my life for Jesus and I'll testify to that with an uplifted hand anybody in here like that this morning hands all over the building how about some people coming down to this altar this morning right now and praying and saying God help me to be surrendered if there's somebody who needs to be saved right now is your time you should come you say Zach I, I want to live my life surrendered for Jesus would you come today father I pray you'll bless this invitation Bless dad as he comes to take it. And I pray you'll draw people to Christ today for your glory in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let's stand all over the house this morning, if you would, with heads bowed and eyes closed. And I didn't get a chance to see maybe all the hands that were up were raised today. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to encourage you right now. If you raise your hand about any decision at all right now, why don't you step out? and make your way to this old-fashioned altar. I'm gonna ask our personal workers uh, to come. And in fact, they're already in place today. And if you're here this morning and you say, preacher, I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. I want you to come. You say, pastor, I hope so. I think so. I, I think that there's a chance, but I just don't know that I know that I know that I'm saved and going to heaven. Right now, would you slip out? Would you slip out? We've got some folks that would like to just offer you some scripture and, and maybe have a word of prayer with you. 
we, we want to be a blessing. If you're watching the live stream right now and you say, Brother Pope, I, I don't know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven. There's a number on the bottom of, of your screen. I want you to call that number right now. Reach for your phone. Call that number right now. 704-327-5662. Call that number. And we have folks that are standing by. They want to pray with you right now. Right now. Folks are coming. Folks are in the altar. How about you today? You say, Pastor, I just I, I don't have that joy that Pastor Zach was talking about today. It seems like life's a constant struggle for me. I just can't seem to get that joy. Hey, why don't you come? It could be there's someone here this morning and you say, Preacher, I've got the heaviest burden. It feels like it's 10,000 pounds. I don't know how much longer I can bear it. Why don't you come? Man, we'd we'd love to help you today. Would you come while we wait? Maybe you're here. Say, Pastor, I am saved. I am saved, but... I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. It's been, it's been a long time coming. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. Would you come? Maybe you've been saved, but you've not taken that first step of obedience and baptism. As Brother Zach preached about today, and today you'd come make yourself a candidate for baptism. Or maybe you're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. And God is leading you to join with this church family. We're going to pause just for a few moments. We may sing in a minute, all right? And just in the quietness of the moment, while folks are in the altar, would you come? Would you come? God's dealing with your heart right now. Would you step out? Would you come? Oh, yes, there's help. There's help with the Lord. 